Hello! Welcome into a new episode! This is the Scarves Up Podcast! I'm your host, Nathaniel Mamoudis. Welcome in. We are glad to have you. We have a lot to get to, so it's time that I bring in David Mamoudis to cover all the action. David, are you there? I am here. Glad to be here, Nat. Okay, so let's start with... Even though it's been a while, we're going to start with what happened just recently. Starting with the game that happened yesterday. Santos Laguna, semifinals, League's Cup. Thoughts on the lineup we put out for this game? Um, I'm, you know, a little worried to not see uh, Nico and Nuhu out there. I hope they're, you know, just resting to be cautious but you know other than that basically the first choice lineup out there um clearly schmetzer taking the game seriously and you know not resting most of his team midweek putting out the best lineup there to go up against a good league mx type team all players from international duties uh who were out for the game against minnesota are in the lineup this game so we that means roy diaz was back in um, both Rodons started. Uh, Ariaga started. Ariaga back as um, well. Yep. So let's uh, speaking of Ariaga. So Ariaga, he obviously he didn't start the game against. Um, he did not start the game uh, against, Minnesota. against Minnesota because he was out, and the new who didn't start the game against uh, Santos Laguna. Um, where do you think or do you think we go back to Ariaga and Nuhu and O'Neill will move to the bench? Or do you think um, I think O'Neal the good news is good? Yeah, I think O'Neill really has been good. And you know, I don't I don't see a huge drop off um depending which three of our four center backs we have. And I'm sure you know, Brian Schmetzer loves having that freedom to, you know, to not have it be a crisis if um if one of them is there, uh, I don't know if we've heard anything more about Sissoko's availability. Has he fully recovered from uh, taking a fall in that Tacoma Defiance game? I mean, he has been on the bench for these games, so right. So ready to go. you know, he's been he's been good too. So you know, really, we've had we've had five options there. Um, so if we ever have to go to four or five at the back, you know, we'll be ready. Um, awful, you know. awful injury for Sissoko. If you have not seen that video. It is hard to watch. Um, right. Very scary looking. But again, you know, I'm lucky. glad to see that he's, you know, he's not still in a hospital bed or something because it looked certainly like a possibility when it first happened. Exactly. Uh, but apparently he's a tough kid. He's up and around. Exactly. As Metzer loves to say. Uh, so the game in, in general against Santos Laguna, first half, all Sounders. Second half, Santos Laguna um, has... Most of the control, um, very entertaining game both ways. Both teams had chances. Raul Rodriguez pulling out all the stops. Uh, try to try love that rainbow attempt. Didn't end, didn't end up working, but you love to see it. Freddie Montero with a nice hockey. tries the yeah best chance of the first half was probably uh Christian Rodon. It just uh puts a Puts a ball across the box, and Ron Roy Diaz, if he is just a little bit taller, then he scores a goal. 
Absolutely. And there was an, when was the when was Montero's chance? There was one more Montero seemed like he had a, a good a good volley attempt, or maybe yeah, really he it, had enough time to bring it down. Kick. I believe it was a bicycle kick. Well, there was there was that one, but then there was another one where there was a long cross to him that he he took for his time and put over. Uh, that was in the second half. That okay. was the Sounders' best chance um, in the second half, besides the. One that we're talking about in the second that he ended up skying about sixty yards over the over the net, but that was a great ball put in by Kevin Rowe. Um, unlucky, um, but on the other side, lucky that Santos didn't get into that didn't uh, take the lead after they started coming close, having good attacks in the first in the second half. Uh, right, they never never had anything that looked like a clear a clear chance or a clear shot, but definitely some balls bouncing around in the box that could have gone anywhere. So it would have been easy to to give up a goal. We're not gonna. You're not going to count the free kick that comes off the post and could have easily hit Fry or gone in the other. By uh, yes, fine, that is a clear right. chance. That was a clear chance, um, right? I guess the Sounders looked a little confused of whether the left-footed or the right-footed player was taking the was taking the kick. Fry was very lucky that the ball bounced cleanly behind him, and then that it was allowed to roll all the way across the face of goal with nobody rushing in on it. Yeah, that was a weird play from Fry because it it doesn't it's not the hardest save it to make. So it is it like. How confident was he that he thought that was going to wide, or was he? Well, I think it was that he was expecting the, the other, the other tick, the other taker. You know, so I think teams don't take as much advantage of that as they should. You know, the question of a left footer or a right footer trying to get around the wall, the keeper needs to be in a very different position. And so, if you can, if you can fool the keeper about which which strike is happening, you know, then it's potentially a big advantage. If the two t- if the two kick takers don't run into each other, so I'm frankly surprised more teams don't practice getting good at that to disguise which kick is happening. Yeah, because uh, uh, it also puts like a lot of Sounders pressure on the are, wall positioning. I do feel like the Sounders are one of the teams that are best at that. I mean, we've seen in the past that at this point, um, obviously last year when Ladero scored an amazing free kick against LAFC, him and Jao Paulo were lined up, and Raul Roy Diaz, his free kick this year, just recently in Portland. But I still think that, you know, the the Sounders and a lot of great free kick takers, you know, again, just walk up by themselves and just say, you know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, But I don't know why they don't try harder to give themselves that extra yard of advantage with, uh, with the misdirection. You know, it it feels like something you could you could work on an hour a week and and get a big advantage of it. And kind of the same way, I'm surprised there aren't more long free kick, you know, long free throw experts, long throw in experts. You know that people don't, you know, decide to go take a gymnastics class and learn how to do the forward tumble, you know, free kick that they can throw a ball to the far post. I mean, a you know throw in that they can do a a, a throw in to the far post, just because it it doesn't seem that hard to learn and you know, given the possible rewards for doing it. Anyway. The Sounders are also the best team in the league at defending set pieces um, this year. And that showed Santos, you know, was struggling, even though they do have, they're a team that's very good at converting them. Um, So, so that was good to see. um, And obviously that's a tribute to the strength of our four, you know, number one goalkeepers this year. Exactly. 
Um, as we uh, also, we're forgetting about the chance from Alex Rodon. Um, while Stephen Fry didn't really have to make any um, very uncomfortable saves, um, most of his saves were just catching, just catching practice directly at him. But Alex Rodon uh, making the keeper really stretch. Very, uh, very uh, beautiful shot from him. Uh, keeper has to t- touch it wide. I couldn't um, quite tell on the replay if that ball was headed for the far post or if it was just bending wide. It looks like it was going in to me. Okay. It, it looks like, uh, yeah, I wasn't sure, but on the second angle that they showed on the broadcast, um, yeah, it looked, it definitely looked good you know obviously a, a a difficult angle he was shooting from so the keeper didn't have to you know to get very far to cut off the angle to it which i think made it easier to save but if the keeper is wrong-footed obviously could have been a spectacular goal so in this game as we look at the substitutes that came into the game so we had madronda uh came in um uh and then we also um had Geez, I'm totally forgetting the substitutes that came in. We also had Bruin came in. Um, uh, Benazé came in, Benazet and, came um, in. Most, and then, most interestingly. And then Leo Chu, who would get the assist. Um, first I don't touch. think it was actually credited as the assist, given the, I think it's unassisted, given that it came off the goalkeeper sort of unfairly for Leo, because it was a great pass. Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely unfair for Leo that he should get some part of it. He's the one who sprung Rauro Diaz, who uses his speed. Um, similar, in a way, similar to the goal he scored in the MOS Cup, where he's starting at midfield and just using his speed to get past the vendor. And the keeper is very unlucky on this. Um, makes a great save, but if you give... Rauro Diaz a second chance. He's usually going to take it, scores it, and I cannot tell you how happy I was that this game did not go to penalty kicks because there is no extra time in the in uh, league. Right, so sixty seconds gone, away from penalty kicks. You know, ninety seconds. You have to think it. we maybe have an advantage there because you know Fry is good, but yeah, very happy to not see those penalty kicks. Yeah, um, it would have been interesting, um, but yes, very happy that we're off to Vegas without penalty kicks um, being needed. Um, also, let's just talk about the stadium yesterday was so, so empty. And yes, it's COVID. And that was even though they, they apparently put all of the players, all of the fans that were there on the side the TV cameras could see. Yeah, apparently the, exactly. the, the east side stands were literally empty. Um, So in person, it would have looked even more. Well, yeah, you know, as somebody who's unlike you in Seattle and could have gone to the game, I apologize. Uh, You know, the combination of the the midweek game, not a part of the ticket package and the mass restrictions, um, you know, and Seattleites generally trying to do a good job, not congregating when they don't need to, uh, you know, obviously was not great for the attendance. Obviously, they stayed loud. Um, it, it didn't feel like it was sometimes when the Mexican teams come to town, they can really make the home stadium feel right. Like clearly, a good bad. home home crowd. But it definitely feel like there was a lot of Sounders fans there. Uh, for this game in Vegas, how do you expect the attendance to be? What do you expect it to look like? Yeah, I'm very curious to know how they'll market this and. 
you know, I, you know, how much of a, um, how much of a fan base will turn out to support whichever of the two league MX teams advances today. Um, it'll be interesting. And, you know, I, I, I would guess that there'll be some number of Sounders fans who make the trip down from Seattle. Cause obviously it's not, not so difficult a thing to do, but it's, it's hard to imagine. Stadium. It's hard to imagine. We'll see, you know, 10,000 people, you know, even a thousand would be a lot to make that trip on short notice. Um, I don't really know what the, you know, what the public health statistics are in, um, in Las Vegas and, you know, whether they're going with the general, you know, risk it all strategy. Uh, hopefully we'll also see that, you know, whatever COVID transmission that does happen, you know, stays in Vegas. Uh, yeah. and we don't, we don't see a lot of infected Sounders fans coming back on Thursday next week. Uh, you know, again, hopefully happy infected Sounders fans, but really, really more importantly, hopefully non-infected fans. Well, I'm happy to announce that I will be attending the no, unfortunately, <laughs> I wish I wish that I could make it there. Um but uh I will be watching on TV. That game is on uh that game is in a week from today, uh on Wednesday, Wednesday night, it's on one of the ESPN networks. And it will be against either Club Leon or Pumas. That game is happening uh, later today. Uh, today is the 15th. That game's at 11 p.m. Eastern. Um, so you want to see who the Sounders will be playing. Um, both of those teams, uh, my opinion is uh, the Sounders could beat either of them. Um but uh, we'll have to see what happens in that game uh, to see who they end up playing. Uh, they just so they just announced uh, MOS and US Soccer just announced that for Concacaf Champions League next year, since there is new US Open Cup, there is no US Open Cup. The fourth spot will go to the next highest MOS team. So that's basically the team that's in the opposite conference of the team that wins the supporter shield. Um, obviously it's different if the team who wins the supporter shield also wins MLS cup. Um, but that gives the Sounders a very good chance to qualify for the CONCACAF champions league, even if they don't win MLS cup this year. Uh, looking at um, obviously it's annoying leagues cup next year will count as um, a CONCACAF Champions League berth, but does not this year. Um, do you like that decision, or do you think they should have just said, "Well, we have this competition; give it to give it to the winner"? Um, I mean, again, it's all it's all very arbitrary. Uh, there's no answer that will make everybody happy. Um, the admission to this competition, you know, was a little random. It sort of felt like so. Um, you know, obviously, the Sounders have done well to you know, to be there, but I can see other teams protesting about how the Sounders got that berth, you know, how those four MLS teams were chosen. So, I mean, we should have, we should have been the other team in, we should have been the other team in the MLS in it this year, Atlanta United qualified for winning the U S open cup the previous year. They didn't even make the playoffs last year. So if the Sounders had qualified, this year, I think, like, um, and 
they weren't I think it would have made sense because for one thing we were the runners up in the final but then also um, also like we we have still made the playoffs um, for 11 years straight so I think it makes makes a lot more sense than giving it to Atlanta um, but you know people didn't complain as much for Atlanta because of COVID as I said you know whatever whatever choice was made some set of fans would be complaining so you know I think what would really help is some consistency, but you know, obviously that's been the one thing the world hasn't had in the last two years. Uh, hopefully we'll find a way to get to some more stable formats. Um, and while we're at it, we can introduce promotion and relegation, you know, so. Exactly. Uh, so we will, depending on who we're playing, no prediction for the game in Wednesday. We know, everyone knows what we're rooting for to happen. We will be tuning in for that game next Wednesday. Should be a good one. The stadium in Vegas is absolutely gorgeous. So I'm excited to see the Sounders get to play there after U.S. The U.S. has had success there. Um, obviously, that's where they won the Gold Cup. So uh, we'll see what happens if the Sounders can get their first trophy of the year. Moving back to the game that was on the weekend. It was the game against Minnesota. In this game, we did see uh, Ladero play again. Ladero has continued against his fitness, obviously sore for the game uh, against Santos Laguna, so he didn't play in that game. Also, knew who played in the game against Minnesota. Coming off the international break, thoughts on the game against Minnesota? Um, yeah, you know, uh, you know, I guess the, you know, it's good to win ugly from time to time. Um, you know, obviously the Sounders, the Sounders look good. Um, seemed like they were the better team. Um, the goal we got was, you know, not a, not a great goal, but a, a good example of the Sounders moving the ball, getting Joe Paulo, a, you know, a shot from a place he's been happy shooting. Scored two goals this year and he scores both, both of them, them from outside Minnesota. the box, both against Minnesota. Exactly. Um, the other one was definitely better. Um, but, yep, this but, but they count the same. Yeah, harder. Um, in off the post, uh, Tyler Minner against his former club. Um, unlucky. Uh, can't do anything to save it. Right, but, you know, I mean, again, not really unlucky. I mean, the, the point is if you can move the ball and you can give the ball to somebody like JP at the top of the box uh, with, you know, no one within feet of him and let him pick out a corner, he's entirely capable of doing it. Just, you know passed it into the corner of the goal. Sometimes he'll pass it very hard on a line. Sometimes he'll pass it a little softer, but he can get the ball where he wants to put the ball. But definitely a great goal. Um, Minnesota, not really with many chances um, in this game. Obviously we saw Fry come back first start, um, just goes right in. Um, so Cleveland moves back to the bench. Right. Um, Fry looked comfortable, you know, no, no obvious sign that uh, he'd been away. But Minnesota did lead on possession um, 51 to 48. So still very, very close. Um, they had 15 shots. We had 10. We had five shots on goal. They had four shots on goal. So very even game, but nothing in no real, no real big saves that Fry had to make. Um, Sounders get a one a one-day win at home, which obviously has been tough. We've been much better on the road this year than we have been at home. 
Um, so getting some confidence back, taking the sting out of um, our mouths for the game against Portland. Um, good, good three points. Sounders continue to be at the top of the table in the West. As we look at the other games that happened uh, this previous weekend, everything really, all the teams that I love to hate on, glad to see them losing. We saw Toronto and Columbus lose, continue to lose. Um, great to see that LA tied um, with Colorado. And then LA, uh, unfortunately, LAFC won 3 2 against RSL, but RSL is the team that we are playing next. So coming off a 3-2 loss um, in LA, RSL heads home to face us on the weekend. What are your thoughts about this game? Um, you know, I'm confident that we can play with with any team. Um you know, I hope we'll see Nico and Nuhu coming uh, back into the lineup, and um, and the Sounders at at full strength going into Rio Tinto. Do you expect any changes from this lineup besides those two coming in? I expect that. Uh, I expect what you're saying uh, to, to the only changes to be Nuhu comes in for um, O'Neill, and then. Um, and then uh, uh, Ladero but, comes in for Rowe. Um, I'm guessing, or well, it's going to be interesting to see if Montero starts again. Um, but uh, if he doesn't start, then we could right. See, so you know, we will we see, see will we see Bruin come in? Oh, right. And, and where will Leo Chu's role be? You know, he yeah. obviously came in. You know, did well in his in his few minutes. In this last game, um, I'd expect that you'd see him game. for 30 minutes, you know, coming in for Montero or 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 Rowe at the end of the game. I was surprised um, that he didn't play in the game against Minnesota. I was expecting his debut to be in that game. Obviously, it ended up being uh, against Santos um, and what an impact it was, as we said. Uh, but I don't expect him to start this game. Um, yeah, we could see Bruin, um, could see Montero. Um, Benize also started the game against Minnesota, um, so it could be him. Um, who and he's looked he's looked good, um, obviously. Um, also, we have, um, uh, but yes, also we have Will Bruin. We could go back to the two forward look that we were playing with at the beginning of the season. Uh, Bruin started the game against Minnesota since Raúl Diaz was out. Um, very unlucky that he didn't get a goal. Um, his hold-up play in the game against Minnesota was spectacular. It's, again, Will Bruin playing very well, even though he's not scoring. So we got to give him some love. Thoughts on Will Bruin? Yeah. You know, he he comes in, he works hard, he bangs around, he gives the Sounders a, a, a different look up top than, you know, than just worrying about uh, Rui Diaz and Montero, who who have a very different style of play. Um, so, you know, I love to, I love to see that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like I, I would still like to see a lot more of the two forward setup with, you know, the classic pairing of big and small and, you know, see how Bruin and Rui Diaz can work together up top. So, yeah, I definitely prefer, I, I think we should, 
try out the two forward uh, formation again. Um, what is your score prediction for this game against RSL? Obviously, RSL they're coming off the loss, but they've been playing um, relatively well. I mean, we we still their their head coach recently, Fred Freddie Juarez, heading back to RSL for this game. So we'll see. Yeah, so have. we'll see how much inside information he can give yeah, about can give you know secrets? their secret plays exactly. exactly. Um, Show us their Achilles heel. You know, and the Sounders, uh, you know, on the one hand, in the you know they're in a busy stretch of the season, a couple of midweek games in a row, and they just earned the right to another one. Um, but you know, I think the Sounders are rolling well. Um, I think we'll be able to, you know, run past uh, RSL on the road. I'm going to say three to one, um, and we'll say Rui Diaz gets one. Um, Let's say that uh, Will Bruin will also keep working hard and, and get one in. And I'll predict Leo Chu's um, first goal for the Sounders, you know, coming in as a substitute. Um, he will uh, put the nail in the coffin of a dispirited RSL team, you know, with an 80 minute, 80th minute uh, goal. I'm going to say 2-0. Uh, for the Sounders, I'm going to say Yamar is going to score since that's what he does against RSL. Um, done that multiple times. Um, he's only at we, uh, uh, I think he has a third goal. Uh, but he scored, his first two goals were against RSL last year. So I'm going to say he's going to score again. And then um, Raul Roy Diaz will keep extending his goal, um, his, uh, his goal lead. Um, in the Golden Boot race, which he has won twice in Niga MX in the past, but is trying to win uh, in MOS for the first time. So as we said, the Sounders do have a busy schedule. They play RSL uh, this Saturday. Then after the game on Wednesday, they have to go on the road again um, and play Sporting Kansas City. That game's on Sunday. So the games are spread out enough that I think we can play pretty much a full team on all three of these games. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, though. And then we have another midweek game um, on Wednesday, the 29th, which is at San Jose. So we have four away games coming up. Um, I guess you could say that each cup is more neutral. Um, but uh, San Jose, uh, uh, at San Jose, Wednesday, the 29th, uh, Fry will be returning to where he, he where he got injured. Hopefully, Alex Rodon doesn't have to play in goal when we travel there again. Um, and then after that, then we finally come home um, against Colorado. We'll talk more about those games um, in the future. Uh, final thoughts uh, on the Sounders. Have we talked to about some of the other stuff that happened? Um, in, in the league. So I just mentioned Raul Diaz. He's chasing the gun boot race, but then also Joe Paolo has been just playing absolutely phenomenal. Between the two of them, who has a better MVP shot? Um, what would you think, do if you get to give out the award? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously it's, uh, you know, Joe Paolo's role makes it hard for him to get the credit that a goal scorer would get. Um, you know, I don't know if the question is who do I think is the most valuable player candidate, you know, most valuable player, or who do I think has any chance of, of getting voted that award? I mean, I think the biggest thing to think about is, you know, just how amazing it is that, um, 
you know, we're having these conversations when the Sounders have had, you know, one clear MVP candidate in Jordan Morris who hasn't played at all, and another one in Nico Ladero who's been very limited this time, you know, that, um, you know, effectively our top two or three choices for MVP and, you know, new who's also in that conversation have been out. And, you know, what's happened? Well, now we have three or four more chances. So, you know, if you think about what could happen if the Sounders ever play a full season with everybody, um, with everybody available, you know, will it really be that eight of the top 10 candidates in the league for MVP are the Sounders? Um, anyway, it's a, it's a good time to be a Sounders fan, despite all of the, the chaos of the world these years. Sounders remain in first place in the West. Uh, Spring Kansas City is two points behind us, but they have a game in hand. No, unfortunately, as we, know, we, we, know we have a game in hand on them. Um, unfortunately, we don't get to play as many Eastern Conference teams as New England does. Uh, so it, it looks like it's uh, we'll have a hard time catching up to them. But could um, happen. Could happen. Right. Um, we have a it game. does seem like a, a clear case where the unbalanced nature of, of the MLS scheduling right now is, is harder on the Sounders. Exactly, as the Eastern Conference continues to be to struggle. They have played two more games than we have. We have 45. They have 55. Um, so if we win both of our games in hand, that's only a four-point difference, but we still need a lot of help um, if we're going to take the supporter shield away from them. Um, Colorado is is making a push to take our, our top spot um, as uh, they are in third place in the west but they've played they do have a game in hand on us and they have 42 points so if they make they win that game they will be even um with us they have the exact same record as we do now so hopefully that they can drop some points um uh this weekend um so we can stay solo there or at least we can continue to uh put the pressure on them to try and match how we are playing this year so uh, moving even farther backward, um, U.S. opened up World Cup qualifying um, just before the game against Minnesota, playing three games, two ties, one draw. Uh, sorry, two two ties, um, one win. Um, what were your thoughts on the U.S. team almost getting – two draws and a loss, but then they roar back. Christian Rodon only coming on. He comes on the bench in all the games. Right. Um, I think the clear takeaway is if you, you know, look at the periods of time when Christian Rodon was on the field, um, I think the U S record would be better. You know, again, does that mean that if he'd played 90 minutes, it would all have been true. It's hard to say. Um, But it does, you know, it does seem, I mean, you know, I guess CONCACAF qualifying is always harder than we would like it to be, always harder than it feels like it should be, given the immense population advantage the United States has uh, over our seven rivals in the octagonal. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a lesson. You know, going on the road is, is hard. Um, beating, beating Canada is, is still hard. Um, and I hope the U.S. you know takes this as a wake-up call and gets uh, full six or nine points out of the next international break. The U.S. looked really bad in these, even in the 
in in all the games, even in the game that they won four to one. Um, yeah, the first half the of that game looked looked really terrible. Half, they should have been losing by two or three goals. Um, and Honduras. Right. And you can blame advantage. you can blame some of that on you know not having. Reyna and McKinney available. You know, obviously it would be great if, if we managed to get Morris back uh, for mm -hmm. later qualifying. Um, so, you know, I still have great hopes um, for this new, you know, generation of, of U.S. players. Um, you know, I think they'll be better a year from now than they are now, and I think they'll be even better four years from now than they are now. You know, we've got a whole bunch of of players in their very early twenties uh, coming up that this has the potential to be a really great uh, time period for the new U.S. national team. But this break was the first chance to show, you know, how amazing the Pulisic led, uh, you know, USMNT could be, and they did not do it. So yeah, let's let's hope they can next time. Yeah, after two uh, competitions that the U.S. won, and then maybe a third one, uh, if you had, if you count the All Star game, uh, added putting the teams together, and uh, you would expect things to work out. If, if you like, you get two winners, you could have like an ultra winner um, if you put them together. Um, that is not what happened. Uh, the team did not look right. I mean, obviously, well. part of it's you know, yeah, and it's. It's hard to say. Like some of it is going to be like they have to learn how to play to together. I've I've said it in the past that one of the things that the U.S. really struggles with is that we never know who's going to start the games. And I'm really hoping that by the end of the World Cup qualifying game, we know exactly who's starting, and because that is how the big clubs in the world, that's how they find success. They find success because every because the team lineup never changes. It's a, I mean, maybe one player changes, but it's not the entire team. So if they can get to a place where that's that's true, I think we'll have a lot more success. Um, that's a, that's part of how you build team chemistry and team team confidence. Uh, yes, very unfortunate that we didn't have Weston McKinney. But that is all on him. Like, come on, you gotta follow the team rules. That is absolutely atrocious behavior from someone who's at a big club. He should know better. Um, Zach Steffen. I mean, obviously, it's unfortunate. It's hard to control if you get. I mean, I, it's. I, I want to say that's also atrocious behavior. It's been a long, t long time. Uh, he got COVID. Um, a lot of people have been talking about who's the keeper's number one. He's making it a lot harder for people to say that he should still be the number one when he's not playing. And Matt Turner is coming and playing very, very well. So I think Matt Turner is making a very good case to be the number one right now. Um, I'd be very worried if I was Zach Steffen. Uh, but yes, first game against um, El Salvador, bad bad from the U.S. If the U.S. Uh, second game against Canada, U.S. comes out in a very defensive look, which makes no sense. Canada, how they play is they play on the attack. They play on the break. So there's no real point in playing defense if I'm parking the bus on them for the entire game because that's not how they play. Like, they're going to they're gonna break on you if you 
send numbers forward. Um, so like, it's part of a way to to make sure that they don't score, but also, obviously, obviously they 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 did break through um, once in that game. Anyway, the main point here is that the U.S. If the U.S. fails to qualify it again, it will be an even bigger failure than it was four years ago. But there's no, there is no reason that the U.S. Um, doesn't qualify. It, right, and 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 really, it should be you know the U.S. should not be thinking about you know are they are they going to sneak into third or fourth. The U.S. Yes. should be you know the only question should be who's going to be number one in the group versus number two. And it's not like. Yeah, exactly. None of those meet. The, none of those. Um, the placement doesn't matter for anything in the future. Um, if you're in one to three, it doesn't mean I could get a better draw or anything. U.S. They have to qualify. Uh, I think I. It's it's going to be interesting to see what happens in this next window. Um, I don't think. I think. I don't think Burhalter is in any chance of getting fired before the world if, if they don't make the world cup he will get fired um, but i don't think he's going to get fired midway through that would be an absolutely horrible decision from u.s soccer if they did that um, uh, since they already st- lost one year after after the u.s didn't qualify without a coach so the u.s was already set back um a year so the U.S. has to turn it on now. They got to get results in this next break because that was unacceptable. That break was unacceptable. Clearly, the answer is play Rodon more. Um, so we'll, we'll be keeping our eye on what happens there in the future. Final thoughts uh, before uh, we wrap this podcast up. Even the one of the things we previewed um, – in our last episode was the all-star game, um, which happened right after the Sounders had got three wins on the road. All, all six Sounders uh, who were caught up to the game starting. Um, also, I believe f- five of them uh, or, or four of them got to talk um, during the game. Um, what are your thoughts on the Sounders in the All-Star game and in, um, and know, in the skill showdown for that? Uh, for, right. Um, yeah. I mean, the skill showdown was a, was a little disappointing. Uh, yep. I mean, I think Rui, you know, Rui Diaz was the one player who seemed to be paying attention to it and actually trying to win it as a game. Yep. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, great to see the Sounders getting that, you know, that national attention. You know, often we feel out here on the West Coast where, you know, we're sort of overlooked by um, an East Coast-centered uh, you know, set of people in the national media. Um, so, you know, great to see the Sounders being acknowledged and the amazing, uh, the amazing depth of, of, you know, all-star level candidates that we've had this year. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, the, the game yeah. itself was a bit messy and, you know, yeah. like the U S national team, you know, it sort of shows that soccer is a team sport and, you know, you can you can tell when a team just hasn't had a lot of practices uh, together as a unit uh, by the way they play, and it often isn't pretty. Unfortunately, um, the Sounders were not on the field when MOS scored. Um, the goal came from an LAFC player. Um, 
the goal that Liga Max scored was um, was unfortunate because it was someone who Alex Rodon was covering. Um, so felt so that that was tough to watch. But also, it was a really tough ball for Alex Rodon. It would have been like an amazing play if he got it. It was a little taller than maybe he could have gotten it. But right. I mean, again, you know, it, you know, not a perfect showcase. Yeah. Um, you know, did it? Is it going to bring huge numbers of new fans to, you know, to MLS? I don't know. Um, but you know, again, nice to see the League's Cup and the and the All Star Game as examples of North American soccer cooperation. Um, and um, and yeah, you know, maybe maybe someday, you know, um, your professors will recognize that soccer is a real sport in the United States. Exactly. Um- Ricardo Pepe um, ends up being the star of this game. He scores the winning penalty since the All-Star game goes to penalties. Um, and again, then follows, follows yeah. it up, obviously, with a great performance in the, in the qualifying game. Really so, making a name for himself. Um, he's the only one who, who right, the question has of, really you been know, talking about. Who will be the, the, the U.S. number nine uh, you know, next year? It won't, and it won't be him. I don't expect him to... To uh to get many starts, um, I mean he has had more success than uh than Josh Sargent recently, but I'd be I'd be surprised. I or at least I would not call him the the outright starter um at this point. But he's definitely someone with a lot of potential, and uh, FC Dallas's academy just continues to be just so so strong. Um, but he scores the winning penalty, and it was. A great penalty it was after um, a shootout that was absolutely atrocious. Like I, this was just funny. I was laughing during that entire shootout. We had Liga Max players skying it, um, making uh, the saves. <laughs> the saves uh, that Matt Turner had to make um, weren't that difficult. Um, Nani could have won the shootout for MOS, but then he completely misses it wide to the right. Um, that was especially atrocious. Um, some of the yeah, the worst penalties we've ever seen. Um, also, one thing about the skill showdown, um, Diego Rossi was a late add to the skill showdown uh, after Carlos Vea and Chicharito um, didn't end up participating um, and doing a terrible job for our boy Roy Diaz um, in his skill sh- showdown. Just absolutely failing at stopping the ball. Um, Roy Diaz definitely would have gotten more points if he had someone who was, you know, competent and played for a competent team. Um, I think we have to admit that. But in general, what did you think about the overall format of Liga MX versus MOS? Like, like, do you like this format? Do you think that should continue? Or do you think they should go back to what they ha- have or, or do something new? Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. I think it. Um, I mean, I, I think it, it comes it back to the question up, of it shut up Liga MX supporters and yeah, in, in, in no, some, no, it didn't. And, if we beat them five nothing, it'll shut them up. If it if it's you know this thing in penalties, I mean, it's always like a lose lose situation um, at the moment for MOS. I would say because we're playing 
an outside person. Like it, I thought it was better in the sense that it was another MLS, another all-star team. Like in the past, like when we just play one team in Europe, we are admitting that the league is, is lower, is, is. Well, but you know, we're as good as one of those teams in Europe. But also we're typically playing them in preseason, you know, and, and again, you know, saying so that our whole league is not as good as Manchester United, you know, isn't such a terrible thing because those those clubs are a step above MLS at this time. And it's no shame in that. Yeah, um, but like while MLS is in one of the top leagues in the world, like a lot of like most MLS teams could compete in the championship. And I think a lot of them could Sure, but we're not playing championship teams. We're playing, you know, top 10 teams from the premiership, which is a different world. People put the championship and and, and like Liga MX um, and League One, like they put those those leagues in Bundesliga, they put them way, way below. um, They put, no, they put those leagues way, way above MOS. MOS Right, so so that is an interesting thing. I mean, you know, again, we're not... We're not willing to. We're not saying the Sounders can go head to head against Tottenham on a on a day to day basis. But it would be an interesting question if you did like a Leagues Cup equivalent, you know, with uh, with the Championship. You know, how would the top MLS teams compare to the top Championship teams? I feel like a lot of MLS teams could have success against some of the lesser known teams in League One or the Bundesliga or Liga MX, the ones that don't have the stars. Okay, so you're you're sort of leagues, saying those, the number fifteen leagues, teams yeah. in, in England or Germany, you know, as opposed to the number twenty five teams. Um but yeah it, it's, it's an interesting there's a question. Big difference because when people think about those leagues, you think about the three teams, especially in those ones, not counting the Premier League, because the Premier League is different in that way. Um, right. I mean, I think especially, you know, I guess what I'd say about the ML, the all-star format, especially right now where the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference aren't playing each other that much, um, that seems like a good case to have the all-star game be that, you know, that, um, you know, we're not getting a lot of chance to see those Eastern Conference um, stars and, you know, it would be nice to see the Western Conference, you know, blow out the Eastern Conference as a way of proving that the talent level just isn't the same right and now. And then also it's entirely internal. There's no conversation. I mean, like there's still going to be people who are going to trash an MOS, but then it's not like they have proof because it will be internal. Um, I really hope they do that in the future. Right. Um, so, it, you know, sure if, if, if the happen, All-Star game they should and be. the All-Star weekend can be a celebration of MLS, I think that's that's great. And you got um, even more of the stars, more people who deserve to be there, um, can get to can get to go. Um, I mean, it will be even more like uh, it can be even more like like uh, like the MLB um, All Star Game. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I think the leadership of MLS has done a good job navigating through the pandemic, um, and you know, I hope next year that will be not an issue anymore and we can get back to trying to think about how to maximize the long-term growth of soccer in the United States. So the Sounders have their next game against RSL. That game is this Saturday. Then they go to Vegas for both of those games. Make sure you keep your scarves up.